Welcome to the Bitcoin Builders Podcast. Okay. So welcome, uh, Gustavo. Uh, today I'm inviting uh, Gustavo to have a, a small chat about uh, Bitcoin. Uh, Gustavo is a head of product and research at Verify. And Verify is a consulting firm in Bitcoin in Montreal. And uh, my first question, Gustavo, is uh, what is Verify? Can you introduce the, the company you are working in? Sure. Well, thank you, first of all, Emmanuel, for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. So Verify is, uh, we, we define ourselves as a, a consulting and solution development Bitcoin firm. So uh, our, our goal is really to help uh, individuals uh, through the process of entering the, the Bitcoin ecosystem, uh, through buying and selling Bitcoin, uh, through security and uh, through management of their Bitcoins and, and even education uh, mm -hmm. and development for companies. So really, it's, uh, we, we're a service company. We really try to, to give the best service to customers that we can mm -hmm. uh, and to help to make this, this process simpler. We've been developing a few products as well. One that's coming up will be an online, uh, it's, it's already beta testing. It's a web platform to buy Bitcoins. And it's, it's really simple because it, it's just one option. You can only buy Bitcoin, <laughs> uh, no, no altcoins, no trading. Okay, yeah. It's just, it, I think that it, it's cool to have uh, options on the market, but it, once, uh, let's say apps like Coinbase and um, have gotten too much into trading and, and, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. coins, well, it just dilutes the attention of the user. Yeah. So even by trying to, to make uh, the user experience simpler, it's, it's, it gets harder. Our, our vision is only Bitcoin and only one uh, flow of actions. And how, how different will it be from a bull Bitcoin, for example? Ah, that's a very good question. So we've been, <laughs> we've been working on this. Uh, with, uh, we've been working with the bull Bitcoin team on many projects. Uh, this one included as well. So uh, how different will it be? Um, it's, uh, it's more of a, I, I'd say it's, it's, it's very similar uh, since it leverages the existent uh, bull Bitcoin uh, and, and let's say uh, Bitcoin liquidity and also mm -hmm. uh, other management tool, but it's redirected towards a different uh, clientele. So it will be in French, uh, mm -hmm. very much oh. available for all, all Quebecois. Uh, okay. We're really trying to aim that because I haven't seen many who are in French uh, aim mm -hmm. towards that market. So, so we really want to go there. Uh, okay. Let's say, okay. And, and maybe nice. more for newer users. Okay. Okay. So you, since you have all this background on teaching uh, about Bitcoin to, to different people, you'll be uh, able to add uh, educational content on the platform to be like uh, the first step for, for someone who's coming into, into Bitcoin. Exactly. I'd say that's, that's about right because bull Bitcoin is, is, is good for that as well. Uh, but I'd say I, I use it personally. I love Bitcoin. I recommend Bitcoin to everyone. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's say it's it's the fact that it's not in French is something that we can bring different, or that yeah. we we also want to really uh, uh, link it towards our consultancy in the sense that we're gonna um, we're gonna call clients and to have to make sure everything's all oh, right. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna maybe pa have packages where people can buy, let's say, an amount of Bitcoin and at the same time receive a hardware wallet. Uh, oh yeah. Things like okay, that. Okay, yeah, okay. Very, so it's like a... very related to the mm -hmm. consultancy and the service. It's not yeah. it's not about just selling Bitcoin to someone online. Mm -hmm. Bitcoin does very good. It's about uh, bringing extra uh, services related yeah. with that to make the, the experience complete. 
Yeah, and you could imagine that if someone buys for a given amount, you could propose like, a, let's say some one-on-one -on -one to teach them how to secure that Bitcoins and these kinds of, uh, of services. Totally, totally. That's, that's definitely the direction we want to go with. Okay, nice. Very interesting. Um, I have another question as well regarding Verify. I was very curious, how did it start? How did it start? So I, I've been on the website. I saw there were three initial founders, so Maciek, Tristan, and you. But uh, how, how was it back then when, uh, when you started? How did you go from a friendship and a passion, a common passion to <laughs> starting a company? That's a very good question. So we started a while ago and we, we started being friends in high school. That, that's like high school. 10, year, 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's, nice. Well, I'm still quite young. I'm, I'm only 23. So, so uh, it's, it's been around 10 years we were friends and mm -hmm. we... We didn't, we went through all friendship phases, right? Like okay. partying or going to school and being more serious, being having more fun. But eventually we, we, we all had a passion towards entrepreneurship mm -hmm. and investment. And, and yeah. that's how we found, we, we discovered Bitcoin together. Um, oh, you discovered it together? Yeah, exactly. How was at it? first I, I wasn't, <laughs> I, well, at, at first I didn't understand it. I was only like 18 and I, I just, uh, we just thought it was a good investment. And that's oh, yeah. the angle we took. It took for us. It's okay. an investment. And then we understood its value proposition. Okay. Then we fell in love with uh, the technology as well. So, and then we started, a, so we always had like a, a Bitcoin fund between ourselves, uh, mm -hmm. like un, unofficial. Um, and we, we had like uh, some, some discussions and some you know, help, making a little projects, research projects, but mm -hmm. very like just investment uh for ourselves and but then we we made a bitcoin mine in 2017 we started okay. making we had a we started mining and we also we also were into altcoins uh, uh back in the days so I'm, I'm not gonna i'm not gonna deny and hide this the dark days <laughs> <laughs> we can say i i guess everybody learns right yeah and, uh, <laughs> we, we we just went through that and but when we were mining uh we, we had a company called mining x Mm -hmm. And that was our first startup, and but we closed it because uh, mining is not an easy business. No, I guess. First of all, it requires a lot of capital and scale to succeed. Mm -hmm. uh, also, electricity is a core component, obviously. But yeah. in Quebec, it's kind of complicated. There was a hydro Quebec situation with the moratorium, uh, okay. so we we had a lot of trouble. And then Verify was founded in early 2019. Because okay. we, we, the conclusion out of mining was that we love Bitcoin and we want to work on it uh, for the next couple of years or at least and maybe all my life. Mm -hmm. um, but we, mining wasn't the, the right side of Bitcoin we wanted to work on. So yeah, we, uh, we, we first, we love making research and, and writing things and publishing. So we, we said, okay, let's just begin a blog. And, and that's how Verify began, a blog and then meetups and consultancy mm -hmm really just education and helping people out. Okay. Uh, and now we, we've gone from one idea to the other and, and now we have uh, many things coming. Wow, congratulations. So starting from uh, an idea to a concretization, it's, uh, it's very uh, a, good, a good step in uh, entrepreneurship. Nice. Thank you. And, and um, if you could go back, what, what would you change at, at this beginning or you would do it exactly the same way? Is there something that you know that with some like a, bit, a year and a half, two years, is that something that you could that you would do differently? 
yes, there's many things <laughs> that I would do differently. <laughs> At the same time, I believe in life, we, we all go through, through, through the necessary steps to get where we want to go, right? Uh, I believe that mistakes are, are necessary in mm -hmm. a way, right? That's how you learn. But at the same time, which which things would I make different? Mm -hmm. Honestly, uh, I would have uh, just because I, I code now and we, we have Nathaniel, which is a full-time lead de developer, actually mm -hmm. head of engineering is his official title. And, uh, but at first, I think that the, what would have been the most useful would have been for us three to just get on coding right away and just uh, learn learn coding before anything else, right? Like I think yeah. that can save you a lot of resources and time. Uh, even if it's not like uh, what you will do forever, it's, it's always useful to, to have that as a understand. And, yeah. and, and the startup is, is very useful to begin with that. Uh, mm -hmm. But now we, we're, we're there as well now because we, we okay. have time having joined the team and, and I, I do some code as well. Yeah, uh, okay. So yeah, that's, I, I guess that's one. Another one, would be um, uh, another one would be, I guess have a have a better understanding of who who's the particular client type of customer you're targeting. So that's an issue we've been having. We we had is sometimes you might get confused with who you're targeting as a customer. Yeah. I, I'm gonna give you an example. So we were marketing on Twitter as as many people are, and we still are marketing on Twitter. Uh, but let's say we realize that uh, we, uh, since we're consultancy and education, uh, Twitter uh, Twitter is not the perfect place for us to market. Oh, I think there was a connection issue. Hey, do you hear uh, me? Sorry. Yeah, I, I, will, I will stop my video so that we okay, can, okay. I have a better outflow. I put it back. On. Okay, I'll do the same. Okay, I'll Thanks. do the same. Okay, perfect, perfect. Uh, so yeah, so like I was saying, um, uh, we, we were marketing on Twitter and we, we've been doing that since the beginning, mm -hmm. but uh, the client we want to get, the clients we are getting and we, we wanted to get since the beginning with the consultancy were, yeah. uh, let's say, people less into Bitcoin. So naturally, mm -hmm. they're not so much around on Twitter. They're more, yeah. let's say, on LinkedIn or on Facebook and, or, or in just in meetups. So mm -hmm. That's, a, that's something I'd say was more important for us is to better understand who we're yeah. looking for as a client. Uh, and that's something that we've been doing more now because we're running uh, uh, with District 3, which is mm -hmm. like a startup, uh, um, like... Uh, incubator? I don't know, incubator, exactly. So we're, we're, with, we're in the, one of their programs that's precisely about that. Better oh understand yeah, your understand and, the target. Understanding your, your market needs exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess that's very uh, uh, an entrepreneurship related uh, challenge. I mean, if you don't know that you need to do that, it's very hard to, to get it by yourself. You need to do trial and trial and errors. And once you've realized, oh, I don't know my target, then you start working on that more precisely. I, I imagine. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly okay. Nice, nice. Uh, you were discussing that uh, you were doing uh, research all around when for, you've been doing research for a few years on, on Bitcoin. And I was also very interested in that aspect of you. Um, how do you see your position as a head of product and research? Uh, how does that concretize for you? That's a very good question. So, uh, so how does that me? I was always very interested, particularly 
in the early days about comparing um, basically um, Bitcoin versus altcoins. That was like my initial like research uh, okay. that I did in, in this uh, ecosystem. Uh, and, and nowadays, I'm, uh, what, what I, we do have verify is let's say we have released a couple of uh, research, uh, such as a case study that was a month ago, where we mm -hmm. discovered that uh, $500 million, half a billion dollars could have been saved in fees and on the Bitcoin network if uh, the, all the, everybody had adopted SegWit and Batching, which are like two fee-saving mm -hmm. technologies. So that's one example. And to do that, we, we did a lot of data analysis, uh, which we, we, we're experts. And uh, another example is um, the wallet comparison table that we yeah. released uh, a few months ago, which compares, which is the, one of the most complete I've found. It's basically a, a table that compares over 30 wallets on like 60 features. And yeah. so that's, those are clear, uh, concrete examples of the, the research work that we've been doing. It's, it's mm -hmm. all free for now because um, that's how we want to provide the value and we want to just show the world uh, that mm -hmm. this is what we can do, uh, which is usually the strategy you, you employ when you want to uh, do consultancy, right? I'm going to give something out. And, and then, so those are things that I've been doing in terms of research, but also uh, always being constantly up, updating myself on, and trying out all the new Bitcoin technologies and apps that come out uh, and, and study them. Uh, I have some internal stuff as well, which is evaluating new business models mm -hmm. uh, and, and uh, really uh, comparing how, how we could uh, approach better the market. And in terms of product, I'm uh, uh, once usually with the research that I do and, and well, it just gives me a better idea of the market, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Because I've, I know all the wallets and I've tried them all, well, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you yeah. know what, what works, you know what exists and you know what's Exactly, what, I know available. what's missing and I know, mm. exactly. Uh, and I know what's, what people like and people don't like. So mm -hmm. uh, that'll, that, that helps me to, uh, to get on uh, with product uh, management and development mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. and to releasing things that, that will succeed on the market. Okay. Do you, do you find it difficult to, uh, to confront the, the users of your product? Is it hard for you to have people using the prototypes you are building? Yes, uh, that's a very good question. And it is, uh, it depends on which. I'd say uh, on the, we, we, we've been, we were trying to work on a, uh, something called a, like a Bitcoin node. Uh, mm -hmm. We've been trying to work on that for a few months and, and we have been doing some work. I'd say for that project, it's, it's a little bit harder than let's say buying Bitcoin, you know, like a web <laughs> service. Yeah, it's 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 definitely very different. Uh, obviously, uh, how these products work, but I'd say yes. I guess because when we're building Bitcoin products and 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 developing services, we got to keep in mind that it's not for today only. It's for the next ten years, right? Mm -hmm. So the users, most of the users, in my opinion, aren't here yet, and and that's who I'm I'm very much thinking of when building these products. Is yeah. the people that will come the next time. Uh, the Bitcoin, the next bull, bull, uh, Bitcoin bull run, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of. Okay. And speaking of, of having a, a difficulty of reaching the user, I would, I, since you're also the head of research, uh, is it hard for you to explain to your friends, uh, what, what you are doing? I mean, uh, are you able to convey the message of Bitcoin in simple terms or is it, 
since you know so many things, you don't know where to start? Uh, I, because I've also always made uh, meetups and webinars, mm-hmm. uh, which I do like uh, once a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm getting good at explaining Bitcoin uh, okay. in basic terms. And, and that has changed in the last couple of years. I started doing presentations like two years ago, mm-hmm. so uh, a little bit more. And that has changed over time. It, it was definitely harder at first. Uh, but explaining what I do, uh, is definitely harder to explain than <laughs> just uh, Bitcoin briefly, right? Okay. Uh, because Verify, we work on many different projects at the same time, right? Yeah. It's easier for someone to understand um, what buy what buying Bitcoin means on uh, like mm-hmm. a web app of buying Bitcoin, than to understand uh, uh, basically what we write about, uh, which is mm-hmm. a lot of technology. Or our media webinars, which are very technical as well. Yeah, yeah. Or our consultancy service are very specific. Uh, a lot of people will be like, "Yeah, who would need that?" Because yeah. they're outside of Bitcoin, so they. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and and the the node project we're working on is also definitely harder to grasp for folks who haven't understood what Bitcoin is mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And could you, uh, since since we're here, could you? What what is the the description you give for of Bitcoin for for the listener who, who could be a someone who's a no coiner? So, in a few words, in a few minutes, what how, how do you simply describe Bitcoin in your terms? That's a good question. So, to me, Bitcoin is uh, censorship resistant money with limited means that it's. Uh, it has so, sorry, properties. It, it, it cut with limited what? Sorry. Uh, ah, it, it cut? Okay, so I'm just going to repeat. I'm thank you. Uh, so what I said is basically Bitcoin is censorship resistant money with limited supply. And the supply mm-hmm. is 21 million. What this means is that Bitcoin as a US physical dollar is uh, censorship resistant because when I send, I give you a US dollar and you're in front of me, well, nobody can stop us. There's no like God uh, getting out uh, in this physical world and stopping our transaction because it doesn't comply to his rules. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't happen when anybody, nobody can stop me unless someone physically stops me, right? And mm-hmm. that's just mm-hmm. another story. But there's no, instead, when you're using your bank account, somebody censors you when you're sending a transaction. Let's say your bank account doesn't like that you're buying Bitcoin. So mm-hmm. they just block the transaction, right? That has happened to many people. And it happens in many different reasons. So let's say WikiLeaks uh, got shut down uh, a couple of years ago by PayPal, MasterCard, Burn accounts. Everybody censored them because the government didn't like what they did. However, yeah. they could still get Bitcoin because Bitcoin is uncensorable or censorship resistant money. Mm-hmm. And that's how WikiLeaks survived with over $30 million uh, to, uh, to today. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, Bitcoin is censorship resistant. Nobody blocks you from sending it or from receiving it. And it's limited supply because unlike U.S. currency, nobody can print it or create more without uh, following the predictable supply emission schedule. Mm-hmm. And so basically, if you have one Bitcoin today, it's one Bitcoin over 21 potential million Bitcoins. Mm-hmm. And in 100 years, it still remains the same uh, proportion out of the total which is not yeah. something you can say with us dollar but it is however comparable to gold in that sense mm-hmm. so basically it's like gold that you can send through the internet 
to another side of the planet without anybody stopping you under 10 minutes. Okay, that's, uh, that's nice. So it's gold you can send on the internet uh, to anybody in less than 10 minutes. It's like a, a new form of money, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly, new form of money. And it's, it's a good analogy to, talking about, about gold. Uh, we discussed that with Thibault last, last, um, last week. And I had a question regarding the fact that uh, when you are selling Bitcoin uh, on, the, on the network, you have to pay fees. There is a limited block space. And not everyone is able to, to send Bitcoins on the planet at the same time without having uh, lots of fees. And second layer uh, solutions such as the Lightning Network uh, are being developed. And you published recently an, an article uh, describing what are the different Lightning wallets. And the question we had with Thibault, and it was not uh, very clear, so maybe you, you will be able to help, is, uh, is the Lightning Network, so this second layer, uh, censorship, censorship resistant as well? And if yes, can you explain a bit how, uh, how, it, how it works? Sure. So that's a good point. Uh, whether this is, that's a good question. It's the main question is whether the Lightning Network is censorship yeah. resistant. Um, and it is to some degrees and it is not to some other. Oh, extent. that's interesting. <laughs> so I'd say, uh, first of all, there's, uh, in, in basic terms, what lightning is, I'm just going to explain for those who are not aware. It's, um, it's just uh, a way to use Bitcoin, the currency, without using the main Bitcoin network for transactions. And so basically, it's, it's an off-chain solution, we call it, because it's outside the blockchain. But it doesn't use any proprietary technology or like um, it's still a decentralized network. And mm. it just basically, you create a Bitcoin transaction, then you, you basically are opening transaction that you do publish on the network. Then you get outside of the network, you go to the Lightning Network, you make transactions, uh, in basically an infinite matter and mm -hmm. then you can come back to close that payment channel with a closing transaction that you do have to publish to the Bitcoin network okay. and because of that everybody can do more transactions that are the, the limits of the Bitcoin network provide obviously there's trade-offs so the first thing is can people steal your funds is it custodial basically no, it's not custodial. Unlike leaving your coins on an exchange and making transactions inside an exchange, the Lightning Network uh, is not you giving your coins to somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's a smart contract. Okay, okay. You remain uh, the you owner of your Bitcoin. Individual. Okay. Excuse me, I didn't hear. You, what you remain the, the owner of, of, of the Bitcoin you put in the, on the Lightning Network. Exactly. You remain the... Exactly. That's exactly right. So once you do that... Um, you do, you do it by making a contract with somebody else and people call these smart contracts mm -hmm. because they have some programmability. And once you do that, it's, uh, you can, you, what can happen is that if you are not, um, aware of what's happening, you, if you're not always watching your funds on the Lightning network, yeah. you're the counterparty of that contract can steal them away from you. You mean all the funds? <laughs> well, well, in, in, in some situations, uh, yes. So let's say, ah. I'm gonna, uh, and, and that's why, let's say, there's something called watchtowers. And it's not exactly okay. that he can steal the funds from you. It's mm -hmm. more in all situations. It's, let's say, uh, in the situation where you, you try to cheat, yeah. um, basically some people can cheat 
people can try to cheat on the Lightning Network. That's mm -hmm. where it becomes a little bit uh, complicated. Is that when people try to cheat, if they succeed, well, you get cheated on. If okay. you fail, you lose all your funds. Basically, okay. the person gets your funds because it's it, it has to have some incentive mechanism for people not to try to cheat, right? Yeah, okay. So the punishment for people trying to cheat is that you will get all your funds from that channel uh, giving to the counterparty that got cheated on. And I have a small question. So those, those, this ability to cheat or to lose your funds if you are caught cheating, is that part of the protocol? Yes, that's exactly part of the Lightning okay. protocol. It's just the punishment mechanism because what it means, I'm going to give you an example. Let's say you and I go to the, on the Lightning Network and we start doing transactions because we're playing a game mm -hmm. of dice. And every yeah. time you win a round, uh, I send you uh, $10 worth of Bitcoin. Yeah. And every time you lose a round, you send me $10 worth of Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. And we begin this contract by putting $100 each, okay? Yeah. Uh, worth of Bitcoin. And then we make 10 rounds. And in those 10 rounds, you win eight times and I lose uh, and I win two times. So mm -hmm. basically, I give you $80 and I, you give me $20, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like I give you $60. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the final state, if we had 100 each, now you have 160 and I have $40, yeah. right? And we made that happen in 10 transactions. What if um, we were going, uh, I, I begin by winning two and then yeah. you won eight. So at mm -hmm. one moment I had 120 and you had yeah. 80, right? Yeah, exactly. Now I have 40. But okay. what I could do at any time, what you can do on the Lightning Network is to take one state, the, any state, Mm -hmm. Let's say I can just take the transaction that said I had 120 and you had 80 and yeah. I can take that and I can publish it on the Bitcoin network. Oh, and I can okay. Say, Everybody, this is what the state of our contract is. This okay. is how we exit that contract. But in reality, you had me, you had 160 and I had 40. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to cheat on you yeah. by trying to, 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 to get more money. So what you can, there's a period that's called a time block. Okay. So it's basically where the funds are in evaluation in the main Bitcoin network. And in that moment, which is uh, like a day or two, you can put your funds, you can say to the whole Bitcoin network, this is not true. This is okay. that we have 120 and 80 because okay. I have a cryptographical proof okay. that Gustavo signed yeah. at a later time mm -hmm. that shows that he had 40 and I had okay. 160. And when and, that happens, yeah. well, I can lose all my funds. You lose, you can, or is it mandatory that you gain the hundred uh, of the other person? Uh, it's kind of mandatory that okay. uh, it's just okay. how the, the contract is built is if user A cheats, then user B gains everything from that. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. And do you know if uh, lots of people are trying to cheat or is it something that is enough to prevent uh, cheating? As a, as a punishment mechanism? It seems that not many people are trying to cheat, but it's still early days. So mm -hmm. we don't, there's not a lot of money yet on Lightning Network. So maybe eventually when there's a lot of money, you will see more people cheating. And yeah. also if let's say you're cheating and I'm offline because my phone is, my Lightning wallet is offline. Because mm -hmm. my phone is just off uh, for two days. Well, you, you win, you win. You, you, Oh yeah. Didn't respond. 
right? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, you, okay. You have you have to respond to prevent the other one from cheating, and oh. that's what's called uh, a new technology called Watchtowers. Okay. Will be like an external server will watch that I'm not getting cheated on. And how will that proceed? Does it change anything? I mean, if you publish, if you publish uh, the state of the, the channel and I have two days, how will the watchtower change uh, the process? Or is it because we will both send uh, the state to the watchtower and if the watchtower notices uh, a publication, it can publish the latest one? Exactly. That's exactly right. Basically, the watchtower is uh, connected to my wallet. And every time my wallet makes a, there's oh, something yeah. happens in my wallet, the mm -hmm. watchtower gets updated. Okay. I go offline for two days because mm -hmm. I'm uh, outside of the city. Yeah. You try to cheat. Normally, you would succeed cheating because I couldn't respond. Mm -hmm. But the watchtower can just automatically ping, uh, automatically just have the proof and just post it on the network. Okay. Uh, or just ping me. Uh, there's many types of watchtowers. Um, <laughs> Is that, is that why you, you were saying that it's uh, partially not censorship resistant? For example, if, if I'm relying on a watchtower, I guess that it introduces a, a third party that I have to trust? That's right. That's right. It is. I could always be online as well, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it is in a way. And, and there's a lot of little concepts on the Lightning Network, uh, things like that, that where you will find some kind of trust. Uh, okay. But you can't be fully sovereign on the Lightning Network. Yeah, it just it's requires... not a good user okay. experience. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, okay. It's like you, you can be uh, censorship uh, resistant and trustless, but it requires more material. It requires more maybe hardware. You have to be more knowledgeable, basically. Exactly, more knowledgeable. And also it, it also limits what you can do. If, let's say... Um, If let's say I, uh, and I, and also it always provides me more responsibility in, in, in a mm -hmm. way. Let's say mm -hmm. uh, people can try the Lime Network by let's say downloading Phoenix app. Phoenix app, I think it's available mm -hmm. on Android. I don't think it's available on iOS yet. Okay. And Phoenix app is like the best user experience for a Lime Network wallet. Okay. You can get in and immediately you can receive funds on the Lime Network. Immediately you can send them back Uh, and usually on other Lightning Network wallets, you will have to create a contract first. Mm -hmm. uh, but on Phoenix, you don't have to create a contract. It's all abstracted from the user. Okay. Because Phoenix has uh, the wallet, the client side, connects to a big uh, Phoenix node or async node that mm. uh, makes basically a lot of services for that wallet such yeah. as Watchtower, there's these things called Submarine Swap, there's these things called Zero Confirmation Channels, mm -hmm. um, and, and all these make the um, uh, Lightning Network user experience better, yeah. but uh, it means that if this server goes down, if this yeah. node goes down, well, you're kind of stuck uh, yeah. without being able to. So, uh, yeah. so if you had been using, let's say, uh, Phoenix for like two years, you had a lot of Bitcoin uh, and you were trusting this, this server. If, let's say, if some government decides to shut it down, uh, you'd be locked out of your friends and you'd, you, would, you would have lost everything, basically. Well, no, because there's still some backups. You would still have your, your 24 words and you, there, there 
might be still a way to recover these funds, mm -hmm. but it will certainly be trickier and some okay. people will fail and some people will succeed. Like it's not a, it's not a, it's not as if you're leaving funds on an exchange, like it's mm -hmm. not custodial, but okay. it's trusted in some ways that will make the process more complex to recover your funds uh, fully. Okay. Okay. So there are some trade-offs that need to be done uh, to have a, a good UX in a sense. But my, my question would be, uh, why, what, will it look, what will it look like in 15, 20, maybe 100 years? Do you think it will be possible for people to be in trustless mode on Lightning or they will require uh, this trust level? Because if there is this trust level in 100 years, we, we risk to reproduce the problem we have with fiat uh, right now? So that's a very good question. And, and I've asked myself that question as well because of thinking that what produce the, the same current system that we have. And I tend to think that uh, there will be certainly always better. It's, it's always better to use um, partially trusted solutions like fully trustless solutions mm -hmm. in my opinion always provide uh, dif more difficult user experience it can yeah. it can just be like it can be very slightly uh, but it, it, that always exists mm -hmm. uh, because of trade-offs right but will it be different than today yes will it be very usable trustless lightning uh, 10 years from now yes because there can be made uh, some developments on the Bitcoin network itself mm -hmm. to make Lightning, uh, to make Bitcoin more Lightning enabled, more Lightning enabled. Oh. Uh, okay. Like something called L2, which is like a big Lightning upgrade that is projected to happen in a couple of years mm -hmm. that will kind of solve a lot of these things I'm talking about. By But it requires a Bitcoin soft fork. So, okay. It 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 can it will take some time if it ever happens, right? Because the Bitcoin community is hard to govern because mm -hmm. it's decentralized. So yeah. and that's a good thing. We want it to be yeah, exactly. like that. But it uh, so yeah, I think that in a couple of years we will get these updates and these uh, and that will make Lightning trustless experience uh, better and will make it accessible to a, a lot of people. So I don't think we lose Bitcoin like this. Uh, mm -hmm. However, I think that a lot of people will keep using the trusted solutions, even the custodial solutions. I don't mm -hmm. think custodians are going away or custodial exchanges are going away. Yeah. Or even custodian wallets like Coinbase, because mm -hmm. a lot of people seem to, to, go, uh, to prefer less responsibility, but mm -hmm. still be invested in Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. I guess that as long that, as that people can choose to be trustless, it's, it's, it's still okay. I mean, if you're not forced uh, to trust anyone, if you're not obliged to, well, it's, I, I guess it's a, it's a trade-off that can be made. I mean, if Coinbase has some problem at some point, it will be the problem of the users of, of Coinbase. Not everyone is impacted because it was your choice in a sense to use that service. Totally. That's, that's what I think is, is the better, the best as well. Mm -hmm. It's just about the, having the choice. Uh, totally. Uh, and, and I think it goes, but at the same time, by that logic, uh, we, we also could excuse, would say that uh, when gold became paper gold, mm 
oh yeah uh, a couple hundred years ago mm -hmm. the folks could have said the same argument mm -hmm. it's just some people doing so most are still holding their gold uh, in their hands mm -hmm. but then the market quickly turned towards that and mm. then uh, gold became centralized because everybody was just using paper gold right yeah so by if that goes too far it can still even if people have the choice if yeah. most choose to do so it can be dangerous right like if yeah uh tw 10 or 15 million bitcoins are held on custodial platforms mm -hmm. it's it can become quite dangerous yeah okay 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 and that's that's a bit my fear like if if the base layer is too expensive i fear people would use custodian solution our trusted networks instead of having this trustless uh, approach. But if we can have that on Lightning, it makes things uh, simpler. But I'd say that for now, with the current set of development, it's quite hard to be trustless on Lightning. You need to know what, what you are doing, basically. So this means that if we have, for example, uh, hyper Bitcoinization happening in, let's say, four years, eight years, uh, we almost don't have the tools yet <laughs> to support uh, the whole humanity using Bitcoin for, for, for the moment. Uh, agreed. I think it takes longer than that. Okay. Okay. Uh, we, we should aim for 10, 15 years. Okay. So uh, we, we must not talk too much about Bitcoin right now because uh, it's not ready. <laughs> <laughs> well, it will come naturally. Yeah? The, like before, the same thing happened. Uh, last time right when fees got to sixty dollars mm -hmm. and bitcoin was twenty thousand mm -hmm. dollars everybody was like yeah but it doesn't we tried it and it doesn't work so mm -hmm. uh, and it works it works right obviously it works but i mean uh it just gives um it, it shows that it's still immature in some ways yeah but the good thing is it, it works as, as expected. <laughs> if you have an influx of users, the fees go higher and then the whole thing is still working as, as, as it's supposed to be. Totally, totally. Bitcoin works. There's no doubt mm, about mm, that. Mm. Uh, and, and anybody who claims it doesn't is completely disingenuous. Or anybody that compares it to uh, altcoins who don't work yet, and are mm -hmm. still betting on their future, future, such as Ethereum, which is always talking about their big update. Well, Bitcoin doesn't compare because Bitcoin doesn't bet on its on its future. It, it works mm -hmm. already. It has a target market already, and the target market is already very satisfied. Mm -hmm. In the sense that it provides censorship-resistant uh, money, and this just works. So basically, it's, it's enough for for people that that need it. And in, exactly. by, by, by having this feature, it's, it also uh, allows uh, other things to, 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 to emerge because it can become a store of value and so on and so forth. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Okay. Very, very interesting. So what, how do you envision the, the future of Bitcoin uh, for the five, ten coming, five, ten years to, to come? Uh, would you mean more in uh, like uh, in the technology protocol or more like the market? I'd yes. say in, um, how how will it be seen by people? How well do you believe the technology can can be, and how what place will it take in our society in five to ten years? That's a good question. So I'll talk about uh, let's say North American societies, mm -hmm. uh, or let's say uh, Europe as well. That's what I'm more familiar with. Um, so what I think is going to happen is we're going to see more and more increase in people uh, 
uh, holding Bitcoin as a, a store of value. I think we're going to see like pension funds getting into Bitcoin, uh, more accredited investors, even uh, even more uh, you know family offices uh, mm-hmm. dedicating a portion of their of their portfolios into Bitcoin, uh, particularly because um, I think uh, I think markets will be uh, will be hard, will be complicated for the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like it right now because the stock market doesn't stop going up without any sense. But mm-hmm. I, I still think of that uh, uh, that markets will be unstable for for a couple of years, uh, and and that's when Bitcoin I think jumps in a little bit more. Uh, I think retail also gets interest. I think we have a lot more education going on. Uh, people will maybe universities will offer more and more classes regarding. Oh Bitcoin. yeah and things like that uh do i see everybody holding bitcoin five to ten years from now and it being like a hyper bitcoinization happening mm-hmm. so I, i think it's gonna take if it happens ever i think it's gonna take longer than that but i see it becoming uh like a recognized store of value uh gold like safe heaven type of asset uh clearly established uh, on the market So it would become a parallel kind of uh, store of value that people could choose among among others, like uh, real estate or gold or stocks, for example. Yes, I, I think so. I, I think that's what it is. Uh, I think some countries will have some uh, fiat currency uh, implosions uh, and where Bitcoin will come more as a, less as an investment, but more as a... Uh, life boat boats simply just mm. save your life uh, i think we'll see that as well but i don't think we'll see that all over the world uh, yeah okay right now like uh, okay okay because uh, i was under the I, i was under the impression that if one fiat currency fails it could trigger some kind of chain reaction between the different fiat currencies existing and then it could happen very fast because i was thinking about the the way Uh, the Black Lives Matter movement spread across the world in about one week. Uh, we saw riots in the United States, and then one week later, we saw rallies in every big, big city. So I, I was under the impression that the change would be like very sudden and would be finished in like I don't know a few a few a few weeks, and then it would be over. In my in my opinion, but for you, you are more uh, believing that it can be a parallel state between uh, Bitcoin existing and other things existing. Well, yes. And, and that opinion of mine has changed over time, uh, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to be more inclined towards thinking that uh, w- what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, first of all, the, two, the first thing is that I, when fiat currencies fail, it usually helps other fiat currencies instead of Uh, because fiat currencies are in competition between themselves as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's something to consider, in my opinion. Do, will we see inflation in Canada? Yes, we'll, I think we will uh, over the years. I think we'll see like 70s-like inflation where uh, we, you lose purchasing power 10%, 15% a year. I think we'll see that again. Uh, this usually happens around uh, these times. Um, Will we see uh, hyperinflation in Canada uh, five, ten year, ten years? A lot of people think so. Uh, I, I just find it hard uh, to believe uh, mm. with, uh, 
with the current situation. Like uh, maybe in five years, I, I, I'll, it will be very clear that it's going towards that. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think it's going towards that in, on the short term, but I think it's it's definitely more likely that it goes towards mm -hmm. that uh, than it was uh, a year ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We've seen uh, the world change a lot and a lot, a lot yeah. uh, recently. <laughs> yeah, I understand, I understand. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for, for all that information. So for you, you believe uh, Bitcoin will evolve uh, progressively, uh, be more integrated, and then in parallel, technology will develop like uh, improvement for Lightning, which will, I guess, ultimately allow people to use that uh, tool to send gold across the internet uh, quite, quite fast. That's exactly right. Okay. Yes. Okay. That's exactly the, the, the view that I have. Um, cool. I'd say that I think also, uh, I, but, I, but I still do think that it's going to be used in uh, countries. Like I, I do think we'll see some countries uh, declare Bitcoin as the, the official currency. Oh, yeah. You, you believe that that's possible? Do I think that's possible because, because I feel like um, I, I'm, I'm very pessimistic on the economic future of uh, uh, developing countries. Um, and particularly with, with everything that's happening now, I, ca I do see uh, hyper-Bitcoinization happening in some developing countries. Okay. Uh, I, I do think that's possible. Do, do you, do, in that case, would it, be, uh, would, would it make you optimistic in the sense that uh, people who have less resources right now would be the first to embrace uh, the uh, Bitcoin, for example, which means that over time they'll be the biggest winners. For example, is it is it a good news uh, in a sense? Yeah, I think I think it is a good news in, in that sense. Uh, I think we, we usually see those type of situations. You know, countries that struggle in the past uh, do come out out of their struggle with mm. uh, with better results. Mm. Uh, I do think we will see, let's say, countries like Venezuela in the future. Uh, have more success than they have now, so. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, you I'm can also, pay. Uh, I think yeah. you can pay for your passport in Venezuela with Bitcoin. Yeah, I've, see, I've seen that. If if if, if it's true, it's uh, it's quite an interesting new. Yeah, and that's true. It might it might not be true. You never. Yeah. Know. Cool. Uh, well, I'm very interested to know. Uh, I, I've seen Paxful is working on peer-to-peer uh, -peer Bitcoin in Africa. I'm uh, very interested in them as well, understanding. Uh, how people are using the, using Bitcoin in their daily lives, besides uh, the business side that we that we have discussed. So many many things to to investigate. Totally, yes, uh, agreed on that. Um, I'd say, I'd, however, I do think that because Bitcoin rises in price so much, and sometimes mm -hmm. we don't see merchant adoption uh, becoming such a thing before Bitcoin stabilizes. Uh, and I'm not talking about uh, fiat currency prices. I'm talking about like purchasing power prices. Bitcoin has risen in purchasing power a lot mm -hmm. and will continue to rise in purchasing power a lot. But I think at some point it will become more stable in purchasing uh, power, maybe not in fiat currency. And at that moment, we will see people starting to spend their Bitcoins. Mm -hmm. I think it will it, it will also be it will also be facilitated by uh, services such such, such as uh, BTC Pay, for example, which is a, a point of sales service built uh, which is open source and available for free. So merchants will be able to simply access the Bitcoin universe in a, in a few clicks, which is very impressive. So I'm looking forward to that. 
I agree. I think BitSpace Server is one of the best projects out there. They yeah. just released a few new updates that are very cool. One mm -hmm. of the features they released is uh, pool payments. Uh, okay. Which is so this would mean that uh, let's say they give an example is let's say you have a developer uh, you're engaging at your shop and the developer wants to get paid then he goes on your BitSpace server web page or your website and yeah. he just clicks on uh, I want to get paid uh, $200 <laughs> because that's the work that I did. Okay. Uh, it creates a full transaction that you then have to approve yeah. or you can pre-approve and then they get sent the funds by BitSpace oh. server. That's that's very this, nice. Yeah, this can because everybody was always wondering how can we do like uh, monthly recurring payments with Bitcoin, and that mm -hmm. can open the door to something like that. Oh yeah, nice, very good innovation uh, on on Bitcoin. Nice. Um, maybe a, a last question to close. Uh, what what is the future you see for for yourself? What are the the project you have uh, short term and mid term? I imagine it it involves uh, verify a lot. <laughs> Yes, totally. It, it definitely involves Verify a lot. That's, that's pretty much all I do in terms of professional work and, uh, mm -hmm. and development. Um, I'd say I, myself, I want to become more, uh, much more involved in, in technology, much more active in active development and coding. Um, I'd, say, I, I'd say front end stuff as much as back end, um, really in, uh, in terms of uh, Bitcoin and, and product related mm -hmm. work um so i'd say that but I, i'm also looking forward to making uh much more um like audio content webinars okay uh, like uh, assisting to, to to get invited into podcasts like yours or uh also offering courses in, in terms of bitcoin so oh yeah just uh we just announced we're, we're gonna announce this week uh well we announced it a few weeks ago but now we have like reshaped it we're gonna mm -hmm. make it the, probably the 9th of February. We're gonna have a paid seminar. Yeah. Uh, that's gonna be around $150, three hours of Bitcoin development uh, content. So for people okay. who wanna become Bitcoin developers, nice. better we're gonna start making more and more uh, that type of content. And I'm gonna be working on that yeah. uh, a lot. You'd like to be a, a teacher, basically. You, you've gained a lot of knowledge and now it's time to, to, to give it back. Yeah, exactly. I, I really like to. I really like to teach. And, and nice, nice, nice. And I like it too. I like it very much too. I, I remember when I was teaching mathematics, it was very uh, a good feeling <laughs> to help people understand and so on. It's very uh, enjoyable. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, thank you very much, uh, Gustavo, uh, for for your time and all this uh, precious precious knowledge you you shared with me. Uh, thank you very much for that. Well, thank you for the invite, Emmanuel. It was a pleasure. Uh, I really enjoyed it and. Yes, at any time.